This live stream is sponsored by Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. For the best hay all year long, get Larson Farms. From a single bale to a train load, Larson Farms has all the hay you need. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit with the bit, Louisa Barton. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. Thank you to our broadcast sponsor, Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. In the studio with my co-host, Paulette Stout, top trainer and rider. And uh, we're going to start you off with some weekend news. What's been happening lately uh, in and around the horse capital of the world and beyond? We'll start off with beyond. Maximum security, disqualified in the Kentucky Derby from first place to 17th, raced for the first time last week. Since the Derby, beaten by King for a day. Not beaten by very much, he ran a pretty good race. It was his first race back after a 43 day break. So uh, I don't think that's the end. I think that might just be the beginning uh, of his future career. So hopefully King for a day really was just King for one day. <laughs> Congratulations to McCathan, an OBS graduate seeking the soul who won the Stephen Foster at Churchill Downs. He has been a phenomenal horse, has had an amazing career, and I hear he is now pointed towards the Breeders' Cup. So we'll be excited to see Seeking the Soul. I think that horse has got better and better and better every time I've seen him race. So we'll definitely be watching him closely for the McCathan Brothers Training Center here in the horse capital. Eros and Kursinski's partner for Team Silver at the 1996 Atlanta Olympic Games sadly passed away on June 13th after suffering a bout of colic. He was 33 years old. Prayers to all connected there. An Australian bred, thoroughbred, um, really uh, a neat horse with a, uh, a wonderful history. Uh, he was probably uh, and said probably one of the last great thoroughbred Grand Prix horses. He was so light like a bird. He was an incredible athlete and so smart and in tune with her. So um, very, uh, very wow. sad, but 33 years of age and had an incredible life. Um, Well-known show jumping rider, judge and course designer Rob Gage took his own life sadly on June the 12th. He was an accomplished Grand Prix rider and trainer who represented the United States at three FEI World Cup finals in the mid and late 1980s before transitioning to work as an R-rated course designer and judge. Uh, he was, uh, back in February, the U.S. Center for Safe Sport listed him as permanently ineligible for membership with the U.S. Equestrian Federation after an investigation and subsequent hearing process. Um, and uh, that was very sad to all involved there and just uh, to send out our prayers and uh, condolences to family and friends. Switching it back here to Ocala, hip number 748 at the OBS sales and daughter of Intermischief consigned by Topline Sales LLC agent went to X 
OXO, equine, I always want to mispronounce that, uh, can't do kisses and hugs I guess, uh, for a sale record of 900,000 to top the third and final session of the Ocala Breeders Sales 2019 June uh, sale of two-year-olds in training and horses of racing age. Uh, the Bay Philly, who turned in a quarter at 20 and four out of five at Saturday's under tax session, is a full sister to grade one stakes placed uh, Rowanton out of Rosamond uh, by Indian Charlie. So uh, congrats on that. The price surpassed the previous record of 800,000 for a colt by City Zip in 2016 for the June sale. And a quick shout out for Gail Woods, good friend of mine, Hip 914, a daughter of Ghost Sapper, consigned by Gail. Uh, you probably know Gail. Yes, I do. Uh, uh, went for 600,000. And I uh, I saw where a story on social media where she went and thanked uh, the buyer. And uh, she <laughs> said she'd had a little bit of a rough season and it was a really a big turnaround for that's her. That's my bucket so, list. Oh, I think that's incredible. Uh, and that horse, actually a Bay Philly, uh, went three eights on Sunday and 32 and three out of five. So uh, it was the, the sales co-fastest at that distance. So uh, pretty exciting stuff for Gail. Congratulations. Multiple cases, unfortunately, of encephalitis and deaths have been reported in Florida. Um, 18 actually confirmed cases in horses in 2019 and quite a few of them uh, with a poor prognosis were forced to be uh, to be euthanized which mm -hmm. is very sad and those were in Suwannee, Osceola, Washington and Holmes counties here in Florida so uh, just to remind people if you have not had your vaccines if you're not up to date if you're in this area certainly um, and beyond uh, Peterson and Smith has ambulatory vets available 352-237-6151. Please give them a call and um, find out what vaccines you need to get up to date. We are in the rainy season. We are getting a ton of rain, as we would say in England. It is chucking it down on a regular basis. Yes, it is. And uh, the mosquitoes are, are certainly be out. Yes, they're certainly. I wish back. Florida would have a better spraying system. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm going to tell you guys. Vaccines, fly spray, and a good fly sheet will certainly help uh, to uh, to at least uh, try to prevent. Except, some except of the... for if you have a hundred horses, then it becomes hard on the fly sheets. Yes, I know <laughs> it's, that's true. Uh, true, actually, I just had mine delivered, um, uh, and I'm actually I'm going to bring it uh, next week on the show. And we're going to talk about fly sheets. So, um, and uh, a final note. Uh, to close out, and well, you have a little I news. Might have so, one. second to final uh, news is: Have you heard of Raymond the Mule? I in see. yes, in North Carolina yes. on the Outer Banks, they have the um, the the herd of horses out there, um, and uh, the Corolla horses, and they're very famous. And you can go and visit them, and I think it's really in interesting and neat. But a zoo closed down, and Raymond the Mule, who's apparently rather feisty and a bit difficult and a bit of a handful, um, was in that zoo, and so they turned him out with the Corolla wild horses. And he thinks he's one of them. He has a harem of mares now, apparently, <laughs> even though he can't mate uh, with any of them. Sometimes he runs the stallions off. Apparently, the general public, when they visit, think that there must be something wrong. The horse must be sick because he's making this funny noise and he has big ears. And so they go to the office and report it. And they say, no, 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 it's OK. It's just Raymond the mule. And apparently, if a foal is born and he's around, They'll he's take with it. that. 
apparently he protects the foal yeah. and, and loves it and raises it and, and everything. Yeah. So uh, Raymond the mule is pretty cool. He's 20 years old. Apparently he's a legend in the herd. And um, we just thought Raymond the Mule was just a really cool story. So you've got a little bit oh, of news. I just want to say congratulations to Diane Laws. We did the Century Ride. She did her Century Ride this weekend at, at the Stride Show, which is the combination of the rider and the horse being 100. She told me that her horse is 80 and she's 20. Ah, I like her <laughs> way of thinking. That's a wonderful, and I love the Century Riders. I yeah. think that's just absolutely yeah. uh, incredible. And I could only hope one day that we would both. Yeah, it's great. We would both be uh, be still riding yep. in our mm -hmm. in our eighties. So uh, very exciting stuff. That is your news uh, segment on the Horse Talk Show uh, for this week. Stay with us for more. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. Earth Song Ranch is not just for horses, we're here for your kitty kids and puppy pals too, and for their humans. We carry a line of dehydrated whole foods for dogs and cats and our own line of probiotics and digestive enzymes for them as well. We carry longevity minerals and supplements for humans. We walk our talk and we're all about a more natural approach to health for animals and humans. Visit us at earthsongranch.com or on Facebook, come and like us. Trust the Equine Veterinary Hospital, the leading thoroughbred horse farms of Marion County, Florida, trust. Trust Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital, serving Ocala, Florida since 1981. Peterson and Smith provides state-of-the-art and leading veterinary care to meet every horse owner's needs, whether it's one horse or hundreds. We specialize in sports medicine, surgery, reproduction, and general medicine, and have the largest ambulatory fleet in the southeastern United States. The most successful thoroughbred farms in Marion County trust Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Shouldn't you? Visit us at Peterson Smith. You're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm your host, Louisa Barton, and we're broadcasting from Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world. I have the pleasure of having Dr. Tim Lynch back in the studio with us, and we're going to cover something that comes up quite a lot, and uh, especially people with a uh, new breeding business, perhaps who have some foals on the ground and aren't quite sure if foal deformities are normal, if they're going to last, and if they should be concerned. I'm gonna have Dr. Lynch talk a little bit about that now. Dr. Lynch, lovely to have you back on the show with us. Let's talk a little bit about foal deformities. Uh, sometimes after they're born, they've been all scrunched up in there. They come out. It's quite alarming, some of the things that you might see initially. But things change rather rapidly with the foals. Can you talk about some of the things that you've seen? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so there's newborn foals. They can have a couple of uh, congenital abnormalities, meaning they're born that way or they have required abnormalities as they grow and get bigger and longer, taller, they develop some orthopedic problems or deformities. So the most uh, recent or newborn ones would be contracted uh, tendons or contracted knees. Uh, that's where they come out and they're kind of bent over. Some of them are really contracting. You can't get them out of the mirror. Uh, so that usually happens in the front limbs, fetlocks contracture as well. Those are the ones that they're born with. It's a male position inside the mare uh, when they're growing uh, in gestation, right? So those usually uh, in themselves, uh, depending on the severity, can correct themselves as the foal grows. Uh, some of them do need help. Some of them are truly an abnormality of the bone shape. They're just uh, formed incorrectly. Uh, 
uh, unfortunately for those foals, they just, uh, they don't get any better. The acquired ones, uh, more than likely, are usually due to immaturity, uh, meaning the foal is not quite ready to come out, <laughs> and it should be in the mare longer. Uh, mostly those are due to immaturity, like uh, tarsal crush, or the cuboidal bones get crushed. I mean, the foal is just a cartilage template of itself, and unfortunately, when it stands and it runs around, it's not quite ready to bear that weight, and it can crush those bones. So a lot of them are self-limiting, meaning they'll happen, but uh, with careful care and restricted uh, exercise and such, a lot of them will do quite well. Um, club feet is usually the most common one that you see in foals, mostly due to their rapid growth and uh, depends on the breed, a thoroughbred or a fast growing breed. Uh, a lot of them have their tendons grow much slower than their bones. So it's like a bow and arrow effect. The bone is growing really fast, but the tendons got to catch up. And what happens is they um, club over in their feet or they will buck forward in their fetlocks or their knees, the area of least resistant. Uh, those, uh, the knee and the fetlock contracture, those are easily um, taken care of. You have to kind of restrict them, break the pain uh, cycle, try to get them to relax, maybe a little bit of bandaging, and then some shoeing or uh, some trimming of their feet. But club feet is something that continues to bother fast growing breeds or foals. And it can uh, lots of times be very mild to very severe horse uh, club feet. Uh, lots of those horses will need restriction of exercise. They need a lot of uh, farrier work and trimming, probably shoes, uh, meaning a special glue-on shoes to try to get the horse to relax its tendons and catch up with the bone growth mm -hmm. so the foot can come back around. Some of them do require surgery. You cut a certain ligament in their leg to try to make one of the tendons much longer and hopefully try to get the tech to more confirmation. And is there a point or an age that you decide when that should happen? Right, that's always the tricky one. You, know? <laughs> you give foals uh, enough room and they will prove you wrong. But a lot of them, depending on the severity, of course, if they're really severe, the sooner the better. Uh, as far as getting on top of them, treating them correctly, uh, getting them the right treatments and possibly surgery, I think the much better outcome you'll have. Not only function, meaning that now their feet are where they're supposed to be and the joints are aligned and things like that, but cosmetically as well, the feet look much better. Uh, but there's a lot of horses, uh, even adult horses that have mild um, club feet uh -huh. and they're quite good athletes and things like that. It all depends on the severity. But the biggest thing for people to recognize is, okay, here's these things happening in my foal. He's probably 30, 60, 90 days old. Uh, that can be, okay, we got to keep an eye on this, trim them every you know, two to four weeks. And as everybody has a different way of trimming them. So, but as long as you pay attention to the foal and don't let it get way ahead of you, that, um, that would be uh, a lot of them are quite uh, successful and treated and, and come around. Some of the other things that we see fairly often are crooked legs. Um, like knock knees. Knock kneed. Yeah, or calf need, or their uh, carpal valgus, meaning that their, their knee is straight, but the rest of the leg goes out, or varus is in. They're kind of like a bow-legged cowboy. Mm -hmm. A lot of those foals, uh, they just need to be watched, restricted maybe a little bit. Of course, if they need, um, if they're bad enough, they will need some type of surgery to try to manipulate the growth plate to try to make them straight taking into account that the foals, you know, depending on its age, it could be four months old, five months old, but it has a lot more growing to do. 
So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a watch and see lots of times and wait. And if they're getting worse, that's where you need to really start to address those foals. So you can have the best, uh, not only functional outcome, but cosmetic. Everybody wants a straight horse at the horse sale, right? So, right, absolutely. Uh, where actually, if you're a little bit crooked in the knees on the out, is actually protective uh, from ra in racing. It's been yes. shown in several papers. So, but those are usually all those things that are orthopedic developmental orthopedic problems in young growing, fast growing foals. Um, if you, it's like if you start a fire and put gas on it, meaning feed them, creep feed them, even though a lot of the mares, uh, they, they milk like a cow, right? So right. they can produce that much milk and you, got, you give the foal all the chance to grow and this is what you're gonna wind up with. And those are the things you really gotta pay attention to is, is their feet, how correct their legs are, are they over at the knee? Are they bucking forward at the fetlock? Because a lot of those horses, um, they may not have it initially, and then when they start turnout, now they get running around with their friends and the mares chase them, or, or mm -hmm. that's where they start to get painful and they come back in and they're tired and then they start to shake or they go over their fetlocks. And that's where you start to get um, problems like the club feet and uh, over the fetlocks and knees and things like that. But most of them, uh, fortunately, most of them if caught early, uh, do have very good outcomes and can be treated quite nicely. It's just a matter of, okay, if they come out <laughs> really bent, that's a big struggle right. versus a horse who maybe is now three, four months old and is getting a little more of a club foot. It's usually one foot is worse than the other. So those are the things that people have to pay attention to to hopefully um, have a good outcome, treat them early. And it usually re requires restricting the mare. Unfortunately, you don't want to restrict the mare, right. but you got to do it for the foal. Right. Um, Sometimes if the foal you know is dismature or for its date or its breeding date, it's uh, small at birth and things like that, maybe an x-ray or two of its uh, hocks and its knees just to look at the, the bones mm -hmm. and that can kind of help you um, or guide you when this foal can go out. You don't want to turn those out. Those are the ones that are they're still real soft or mm -hmm. their cartilage. You don't want them to crush their bones uh, and then wind up with the worst problem. So it's more vigilance and uh, then you can kind of pick and choose. But a lot of them, fortunately, if you trim them and stay on top of them, uh, and foals can be trimmed like every four weeks or less. And it's not much, you don't need to take a whole bunch of foot off. Just a little bit, just, just a little fine uh, a degree adjustment just to get them where they right. should be to help promote that growth where right. you want it. Yeah, you want to stay ahead of the foot. You don't want it to go backwards on you or get worse. And a lot of people, well, they want to, they want to trim the whole f uh, heel off the foal. Well, that just makes them worse. So there's lots of ways and shoeing and things like that, especially with gluons they have today. Uh, they have all sorts of uh, different patterns uh, that have been great uh, help for club feet or foals that have maybe just a little bit of fetlock angulation or knee angulation. You know, a lot of them as they grow, they don't need surgery. Okay, uh, it's just you got to keep an eye on them, make sure they're not going backwards on you, right? Yes, That's right. the hard part. And it can happen rather quickly yeah. because they do grow so fast. And you mentioned um, thoroughbreds fast growing. Some breeds obviously do progress a lot quicker than others. Yeah, so a lot of foals like beef cattle, they can gain one to two pounds a day and get quite tall fast before you, right before you, right in your eyes. And you come out and you go, who's this, right? Uh, but that's where uh, vigilance or keep looking at their legs and their feet and get them to stand on a fairly hard, flat surface. Because it's hard out in the paddock to see them and see you know, see how they walk, see how their limbs travel. Uh, so it's, it's a variation of severity, but if you do notice something, and that's where you gotta keep track of it. It's not getting worse, we're on top of this, we're trimming it right, it's, it's progressing. 
But when it starts to not progress or starts to go backwards and now the fold is lame or there's other problems, okay, then you got to get really more aggressive right. in order to have a good outcome when he's a yearling or a two-year-old, things like that. Right, makes sense. So um, after they're born, is there a certain time frame that if, if you think there is a deformity or, or something that's not quite right, is there a time frame that you would recommend within 30 days or so that you follow up with the vet and make sure that everything is right. advancing properly or? Yeah, so I mean, again, it depends on the severity. If you really have a, a bad club foot uh, or probably an, an angulation problem at 30 days, some of them are so bad when they stand up, they look windswept, right? Like their mm -hmm. front end goes one way and their rear yes. end goes the other way. Those are the things that you're gonna really stay on top of and the earlier, the better. Earlier, the better. Uh, but okay. if you see one that's maybe isn't getting progressive, I wouldn't do anything on a full before 30 days of age because uh, they can kind of grow and stretch into their bodies right. and then by the time you're 60 days old or 90 days old they look like a completely different foal which is what you want that's what you got to keep track of right that makes sense dr lynch dr tim lynch from peterson and smith equine hospital giving us some advice on those uh those new foals and uh you know i always personally i'm a i'm a worrier i'm born to worry i think that vets are there to stop you from worrying so if i have any questions i immediately call 352-237-6151 and get a, uh, a vet out to have a good look and at least get a, a professional opinion so that's uh, always good advice but uh, certainly what dr lynch said is very important keeping them in if need be uh, limiting some of the exercise to start with and then following up uh, with the veterinarian to make sure that you uh, have everything on track because it can happen very fast and aren't you glad that we don't gain one to two pounds a day i'm louisa varton for the horse talk show Trust. Trust Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Serving Ocala, Florida since 1981, Peterson and Smith provides state-of-the-art and leading veterinary care to meet every horse owner's needs, whether it's one horse or hundreds. We specialize in sports medicine, surgery, reproduction, and general medicine, and have the largest ambulatory fleet in the southeastern United States. The most successful thoroughbred farms in Marion County trust Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Shouldn't you? Visit us at Peterson Smith. Whether in the arena or on the trails, Ovation helmets are designed to keep you cool and comfortable. Choose from styles like the Sync, the Deluxe, the Protégé, the Eclipse, the Quantum, and more. Styles with removable liners and reinforced ventilation panels for hot Florida summers. For the lightest and most comfortable helmets on the market today, check out Ovation Helmets at EnglishRidingSupply.com or get fitted for your perfect new helmet at Tack Shack of Ocala. Seminole Feed is a family-owned company always striving to exceed your expectations with our dedication to customer service since 1934. Seminole is one of the few companies today manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring of our production process to keep our nutrition safe for your horse. Using only quality ingredients and superior formulas made in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill right here in Ocala. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital broadcasting from Ocala, Marion County, Florida the horse capital of the world. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. In the studio with me, I have Paulette Stout, my co-host and top equestrian and trainer. And by phone joining us, we have Tamara Tucker, 
and she is an attorney who deals uh, with appellate law, business litigation, but most especially she does uh, feature equine law and has been working uh, within the equine industry representing trainers and owners of performance horses in litigation and transactional matters, as well as in the USEF and Safe Sport Administration process. Now this is something we've been talking about lately, very sadly, um, Rob Gage took his own life. He was in uh, a safe sport litigation situation and um, the, the, there have been a lot of cases like this coming up. So Paulette and I are just going to uh, chat to Tamara now about that. Hi Tamara and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Um, we appreciate uh, you joining us and talking to us about a, a little bit of a delicate uh, matter at the moment. Uh, very sadly, of course, um, Rob Gage uh, took his own life. A, a lot of heartfelt condolences and prayers to uh, to all connected. Uh, that's very sad. A top equestrian and uh, yeah. um, judge and steward. Uh, very, very sad occurrence. Can you tell us a little bit about safe sport and how it works? Um, I can. And um, first of all, we, my heart goes out to Rob Gage's family, um, to his attorney, to all of his friends. Um, when the news broke last week, I was at a horse show, and I can't tell you how many people were just devastated by the news. Um, they were also understandably very concerned by the safe sport process. Um, there have been concerns for quite some time. Um, among the membership and also among the attorneys, those of us who have worked through with people representing clients through this process. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons, um, sort of a global reason that we have been concerned about our clients is that we feel like the way the rules are written, I call it the, the heads I win, tails you lose set of rules. Mm -hmm. um, and trying to walk a client through this process to manage the process for them when you feel like the rules are set up sort of in this pretzel type of situation where no matter which direction your client heads the outcome is not going to be favorable no matter what the evidence is and no matter what has occurred um, so i think that there are lots of ways in which this process could be better. Mm -hmm. And I think it could be more fair, not only for the accused, um, but I think it could be more fair for the reporting parties as well. Okay, now um, for our listeners, let me um, just kind of go over what safe sport is, is for and what it's about. Uh, this is how it reads, recognizing, reducing, and responding to misconduct and abuse in sport. U.S. Equestrian is committed to creating and maintaining an equestrian community free of all forms of emotional, physical, and sexual misconduct. U.S. Equestrian members and participants have a mandatory duty to report suspected sexual misconduct to the U.S. Center for Safe Sport. So um, the way that it reads, um, Safe Sport reads, is that it is trying to create an atmosphere within the equestrian community, whether you're a, a trainer, a rider, a junior rider, um, a very young person, that this is to protect equestrians overall within the sport. Yeah, it's adults, basically adults who have regular contact with amateur athletes who are minors 
are required to take this training. Yes, yeah, so there is a training involved, yes. um, which basically gives the guidelines um, that they expect. And, and then, of course, if you are outside of those guidelines, then there are penalties and, and repercussions. So my question is, um, is Tamara, how old, how old or new is safe sport in the equestrian community? So the, the mandate of safe sport um, is relatively new. We're right over a year. Um, and this U.S. Center for Safe Sport has actually been around longer than that as an independent group. And essentially, the nutshell version is that in the wake of the Larry Nassar gymnastics scandal, mm -hmm. um, Congress amended the Ted Stevens Act to mandate um, that members of any Olympic movement sport, so USEF is the national governing body for equestrian sport. So if mm -hmm. you're a USEF member, you're part of the Olympic movement, mm -hmm. although most of us aren't ever going to see the Olympics. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> um, and the, the mandate was to have safe sport do two things. One, one is educational, and, mm -hmm. and that's fantastic. Um, and that's the training we've talked about that we've all had to do. Mm -hmm. And the second is to provide a forum, if you will, to adjudicate sexual misconduct, mm -hmm. um, as well as bullying and harassment. But we're really focused mostly on sexual misconduct um, because the bullying and harassment goes through the USEF hearing process. So when we talk about safe sport, we're talking about a code that has been written that sets forth what constitutes misconduct. Mm -hmm. um, and then it also sets forth the process by which they're going to quote unquote adjudicate any allegations of misconduct um, and also adjudicate any penalties for prior convictions of people who may have been convicted of criminal acts, not just sexual criminal acts, but any criminal acts and whether they're going to be allowed to be members or not. That's been a real question. I've had some people talk about that and it can go back in your life for a long ways and actually lose your profession because of it. Wow. So it's been, you know, a lot of us have been talking about it. Yeah. You know, where, where do you cut the line off? You go all the way back 30, 40 years in someone's life and then say, forget it, you can't be a member anymore. After you've been a member for 30 or 40 years. <laughs> yeah, and that's, your, and that's your profession. Wow. I mean, you've got to remember, it's going to affect people really. And, and that doesn't even mean, it could mean a TD, technical delegate. It could be um, anybody that's in the office. There's an office manager that's actually just managing the shows. And she has, and they have to go through the progress, the process. Yeah, and, and actually, I said, uh, I'm just going to correct myself. I said at the beginning that Rob Gage, like the very, very sad um, occurrence, this, just this past week. Um, I said steward, but actually, he was a judge. So um, he was actually highly looked up to and regarded in mm -hmm. in the sport. Yes. Um, and this particular situation that he was in dated back, I don't know the exact details, but I know it dated back many, 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 many years. So uh, this is the question I guess I have, is how do they decide on someone's innocence or guilt based on something that maybe happened 30 years ago? If there are no um, witnesses and no evidence, how can a uh, an accusation against somebody be thoroughly investigated and then, in that and then case. And not that it makes it right or wrong, but 30 some years ago, and then you're going to, you know, people, 
make mistakes. Yes, is that a serious mistake? I don't know what happened. Identity, I'm not, you know, right. But you know, then it, you can't ever be a good person again because of that. I mean, how yes. Do you and how do you handle that as an attorney, Tamara, when you're trying to either defend or, let's say, you're on the other side trying to convict? How? How, what evidence can they use? Uh, is it not someone's word against someone else's at that point? Well, that's a good, that's a good question. So here's, here's sort of the, the broader answer and then a more narrow answer. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's a couple of different avenues. So with regard to allegations of misconduct that are old, mm -hmm. like in Rob's case, we're 30 plus years old, mm -hmm. but we're never brought in the judicial system. So mm -hmm. there's no conviction. Um, there was no adjudication back within um, a statute of limitations. Mm -hmm. So the way this happens now is that someone says 30 years ago, and I'm not talking about this specific case now, but just in general, okay. hypothetically, mm -hmm. someone says 30 years ago, I was at a horse show and this person touched me inappropriately without my consent. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And they, they write that into Safe Sport either mm -hmm. anonymously or they may write it about a friend. 30 mm -hmm. years ago, my friend was touched inappropriately on, on or about this day, um, maybe at this horse show. Mm -hmm. So then the way the process plays out is it goes to the director of investigations, mm -hmm. um, a young man by the name of Michael Henry, um, and he determines immediately whether the person should be temporarily suspended or not. Mm -hmm. So, so far to my knowledge, pretty much everybody gets the temporary suspension and then we try to get that lifted while the investigation is pending. Okay. During the investigation phase, the problem number one is that the allegations are so sparse, whether it's old misconduct or new misconduct, the allegation that you get to respond to generally reads something like this, dear so-and-so, initials, CR, for example, says that on May, on or about May 10th of 1977, you touched her without her permission and it was non-consensual sexual conduct. Respond to that, please. Mm. Right? Mm. So first the person scratches their head and says, I don't know who CR is. Then they try to figure out where they were in 1977. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know where and I so, was last so week. So you could <laughs> right. even have somebody get mad at somebody and make something up too. Could you imagine that? Right. And so then the, the way the process unfolds is that because they, they tell you, oh, you've got a right to, to respond. Well, you do, sort of. So when you get into the interview, because then they say the way you get to respond is to be interviewed, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So then you get the interview, and that's the only allegation you know about, and all of a sudden your client is being shown other information that they haven't seen before mm -hmm. um, or being told other information or being questioned sort of in a cross-examination interrogative style like well so-and-so says this about you what do you say to that so I, I contend that that's not really a situation in which you can sort of analyze everything and and then present the facts we, we try to do certain things to make that a more organized piece of the process. Mm -hmm. After that investigation and interview takes place and they try to find other people who may or may not have been around, um, it, the decision and the investigator makes a report and a recommendation. Mm -hmm. And it then goes back 
to the same man who made the determination on the temporary adjudication, the temporary suspension, and then he makes the final determination. So at that point, there's really been no hearing, um, as you and I would consider a hearing, where we all sit down and ask questions of one another. Um, and then if you are banned at that point in time, um, you can pony up $5,200 and have an arbitrator oh actually hear some evidence. Wow. Tamara, I'm going to ask you just um, um, to, to hold it there because we're at the end of this segment, but um, I've got a lot more questions for you to try to understand this um, process a little better myself and hopefully bring some of the answers to our questions to our listeners. And I, I can tell from Paulette's face that she's got more questions for you as well. So um, so we are going to, uh, we're going to just thank Tamara for, uh, for today's show, for joining us. And please join us at the same time next week, either on uh, the Sky 97.3 in Ocala Worldwide and Radio.com or on the Horse Talk Show at Facebook so that you can hear the rest of uh, what Tamara has to tell us. Uh, it's, a, it's an incredible topic. It's uh, sad in many cases. It's particularly heartbreaking in the case of, um, of Rob Gage. So uh, our hearts certainly go out to all connected. Thank you, Tamara, so much for joining us on the Horse Talk Show. Uh, and I'm Louisa Button. New Horizon Insurance Solutions provides first-class customer service and ethical solutions based on over 30 years of knowledge and experience in the risk management and self-funded community. New Horizon Insurance Solutions guides clients to the best, most proven companies and individuals that assure you reach your desired goals. Services include equine and bloodstock, farm and ranch insurance, consulting and workers' compensation. Contact Nigel at nigelwarbank at gmail.com for more. We're a unique, tough breed. We work long, hard hours making sure your horses are healthy and properly shod. Because, well, we farriers know horses perform better when they're properly shod and healthy. You want quality horse products, supplements, and farrier supplies at affordable prices. And you won't settle for anything less. TT Distributors is dedicated to quality horse products, supplements, and farrier supplies at affordable prices. Racehorse or a pasture pony. TT Distributors has what you need. 7715 West Highway 40, Ocala. This is Brian Cox with New Millennium Realty, your local real estate professional selling residential homes and horse farms throughout Marion County and Central Florida. Are you in the market for an immaculate mini farm? We have an 11.6 acre farm with 12 stalls, covered round pin, beautiful paddocks, and completely updated home. Contact Louisa Barton for info or to set up a private showing. Let our team help you find the next farm for you and your horses. New Millennium Realty, the future of real estate. It's hot out there, so come on in and chill out at Tack Shack of Ocala. For every $50 you spend, receive $10 in Tack Shack store bucks. So beat the heat with one-stop shopping, horsey or not, and earn $10 for every $50 you spend from now until August 25th. So come on in, cool off, and shop at your favorite and newly remodeled dog-friendly tack store. Tack Shack of Ocala, where the champions shop. Tack Shack of Ocala, the horse lovers can Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm your host, Louisa Button. In the studio with me, I have my co-host and horse trainer and top equestrian, Paulette Stout. She gets a big intro. 
And she brought a couple of friends to chat to us today. We have Karen Kim here with us and Mimi Leggett. And they have some pretty interesting stories. Uh, Paulette was sharing a little, uh, a few things about their biographies and they are both century riders, which we're gonna hear a little bit more about in just a minute. But first of all, let me start with you, Karen. Tell us a little bit about you. Um, well, I've been uh, riding horses for, gosh, I don't know, maybe 40 years. Century. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not what a century rider means. <laughs> and I've done a lot of, um, I, I, when I first started, I was taking lessons and I did some eventing and jump, jumping and eventing. And the more I got into dressage, the more I liked it and I really enjoyed it. But I've done a lot of competitive trail riding too. And that's when I was living in Texas. I lived in the Houston area of Texas. So I saw a lot of Texas that most Texans had never saw because I was out there on horseback. But I uh, moved to Ocala uh, 20 years ago now. Wow. And I'm retired now. I worked for, for the half of that, and but now I'm retired. and. Um, just enjoying enjoying life. <laughs> That's lovely. Uh -huh. Mimi, tell us a little bit about you. Yes, well, um, I started riding when I was about eight um, in India and um, rode at home around the Rose Garden and then went uh, to school in the Himalayas and also rode there. We used to ride home from school and gallop up the hills and uh, then um, I would also sort of catch ride, um, go to the race course and, and rent a horse and <laughs> ride around. <laughs> and then um, went to England when I grew up and uh, rode there in the Midlands. Where and, I'm uh, from. Yes. yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would ride a... I thought you would like that. We <laughs> love that. <laughs> Loughborough, yes. I said, Lucia, there's a Brit, and she's, she's got an English accent, too. She's so cute. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, so in the Midlands, I, would, I was working there with Fison's. It's a chemical company, and uh, my friend and I would sneak out at lunchtime and go to her farm near a forest, and she allowed me to ride her big horse where she rode the little one. So we'd gallop around, and the horse took a dip around a curve and he went one way and I went the other way but I got back on and uh, finished the ride and um, then I went from there um, to um, Switzerland rode there um, again we has, used to have moonlit rides with our friends with my husband myself and our friends and we'd go to an inn for dinner and then um, go back home again quite happy merry <laughs> singing all the way <laughs> and uh, then after um, I got married to my husband in 1976 um, he was posted to Tegucigalpa Honduras and uh, when he, while he was working poor man um, I used to go up to the hills the mountain outside Tegucigalpa and ride a horse he had bought a, um, Andalusian Peruvian st stallion he was very sweet, very calm. So I would take my dog, my boxer, and she and I would go and we would ride him uh, in the hills and then uh, through a village or so. And uh, also we would herd cattle on our friend's ranch. Oh, that fun. was fun. We'd take the cows out and they would graze and after we bring them in, they would have their feed, take them out again. So that was really, really Oh, I'd nice. love to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That'd be lovely. Yeah. And then uh, from there, 
um, again back to India and then there we used to get up at four in the morning and again go to a club and ride around there. Uh, and I, I didn't mean to ride, it was like a racetrack, but um, uh, that was the only place to, to ride around there. So I got on this track and the horse took off. He was a race ex-race horse. <laughs> so I was hanging on for dear life. But um, finally, so we, we, we got unwanted, yes. And I think we parted company, but we joined up again. And, and then we used to go in the fields around there. <clears throat> so that was, that was fun. And then um, f uh, we went to Portugal. And my husband was posted there, Lisbon, and <coughs> excuse me. And uh, we saw the <coughs> Calus Palace, and there they had a beautiful show with the uh, Portuguese school of equestrian art. It's called it's called Escola Portuguesa de Artecast, and uh, I was absolutely taken with these beautiful horses, all caparisons, riders, and their costumes like they used to ride for the kings. So I said, I must find out more about this. <coughs> and found out through friends there. Um, there was a, a stables with uh, Master Luis Valenza. So I went there and had some lessons with him. And I had a favorite little horse, uh, a Lusitano, but small. His name was Importante. And uh, I would ride him around. Um, and then Mr. Valenza would give me lessons, and then was that dressage one day, lessons? Dress, yes, dressage. 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 Was that like your first time that you were doing dressage lessons? Then yes, yes, so yes. That's how you got introduced yeah, to dressage. Yeah, that's how I really got mm -hmm. kind of wow. Um, and then he, those horses did everything. You just sat there. You didn't have to do anything. <laughs> so um, he did. Um, he got the horse to do a, a, a pee off. And then after that, he did a little levade, which he lifts his front feet up. And then he did what I call a mini capriole. He kind of jumped a little bit and kicked his legs. So <laughs> and so everybody, about <laughs> yes, yes. Lucky for me, it wasn't high, or I would have been in the, one of the airs. You would have been in the air too. Yes, But he was nice. And then we also rode at uh, Mogado Lusitano, which is another stables in Portugal outside Lisbon. And uh, I rode um, a horse, an Alta Real, which is the Portuguese breed, um, <coughs> and had lessons with uh, Paulo and Zé Miguel. And, and uh, Oshok was the horse, and he did, a, again, a beautiful levade, rather high one. <laughs> but uh, I saw a lady in the balcony kind of saying, put your hands down, put your hands down, <laughs> as he was going further and further up. So I did, and luckily we stayed okay and got down and then Paolo taught me the tompi changes with Hercules, changes, yes. Yeah. He just, the house just did them. I just sat there and he did that. Sat know. there and looked good, yeah, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. tried so, to, tried so to. So you went from basically cross-country riding mm -hmm. to racetrack <laughs> riding. That was the in-between. And then to Lusitanos to do dressage I and even airs above ground. Then when did you end up in um, America? Well, um, when my husband returned mm -hmm. from his assignments overseas, mm -hmm. we came back in 1984, and then um, we, we were working in Washington uh -huh. and lived in Virginia, and then we had horses that... Um, yeah, so then the you horse. continued riding and doing dressage? Right. And well, 
Yes, yes, did some research um, with uh, Stephanie Mellum, who, who uh, had taken lessons with Nuno Oliveira. Mm -hmm. And also while I was in Portugal, um, when I had gone back, mm -hmm. um, I had lessons with João Oliveira, Nuno's son, mm -hmm. and on Fra Miltone. And um, Fra Miltone was very good, did everything. And I was sitting there and somehow I had something that I was going to give to somebody and he kind of went sideways and Zhao said, control your horse. <laughs> so, you, so you had a lot of masters teaching you and I, yes. and um, with what you both are involved in, and there's, I think there's five century ride riders. Mm -hmm. This is done by the Dressage Foundation, correct? Yes. So, yes. so it is a website, dressagefoundation.org. Dressage. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think Good. I read, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that you had to fill out an application before you did your sentry ride, and the sentry ride is that the combination of mm -hmm. the age of the rider and the age of the horse equals 100 years. At right, least. right. Now, my oh, question no. is, how old is your horse and how old are you? So that was a good <laughs> question, but we're at the end of this segment. So, if you want to hear more about the sentry riders, these two amazing ladies who have great stories, uh, and lots of horse experiences to share with us. You are going to have to tune in next week on the radio. Uh, we'll be both be on Facebook and we'll be on the Sky 97.3 uh, and on radio.com and we will have these ladies back on the show and you'll get to hear about what a century rider is and a little bit more about their stories. So make sure you tune in next week. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. Attention, North Central Florida. Palm Chevrolet, the area's number one volume Chevy dealer, is pre-qualifying customers for new cars without using a social security number. That's right. We don't need your social to get you qualified for a new car. Simply log on to palmchevrolet.com, enter your name and address, and instantly get your credit score, interest rate, even your payment on any new Chevy in stock. This will not affect your credit score. Log on to palmchevrolet.com and get pre-qualified now. Or visit Palm Chevrolet, Southwest College Road in Ocala. Find new roads. We're a unique, tough breed. We work long, hard hours making sure your horses are healthy and properly shod. Because, well, we farriers know horses perform better when they're properly shod and healthy. You want quality horse products, supplements, and farrier supplies at affordable prices. And you won't settle for anything less. TT Distributors is dedicated to quality horse products, supplements, and farrier supplies at affordable prices. Racehorse or a pasture pony. TT Distributors has what you need. 7715 West Highway 40, Ocala. Seminole Feed is a family-owned company always striving to exceed your expectations with our dedication to customer service since 1934. Seminole is one of the few companies today manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring of our production process to keep our nutrition safe for your horse. Using only quality ingredients and superior formulas made in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill right here in Ocala. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best equine. Earth Song Ranch is not just for horses, we're here for your kitty kids and puppy pals too, and for their humans. We carry a line of dehydrated whole foods for dogs and cats and our own line of probiotics and digestive enzymes for them as well. We carry longevity minerals and supplements for humans. We walk our talk and we're all about a more natural approach to health for animals and humans. Visit us at earthsongranch.com or on Facebook, come and like us.
This live stream is sponsored by Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. For the best hay all year long, get Larson Farms. From a single bale to a train load, Larson Farms has all the hay you need. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. <laughs> with your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy store. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of old right. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. This segment brought to you by Earth Song Ranch in California, Summit Joint Performance and Innova Wellness Spa. Joining us now by phone in the studio, we have Jessica Lynn from Earth Song Ranch. I'm here with my co-host, Paulette Stout, top equestrian and trainer. Hi, Jessica. It's lovely to have you back with us on the show. Thanks. We're going to talk a little bit about heaves. It's a bit of a problem in the summertime for a lot of horses. Um, it's an asthma-like condition caused by irritation of the respiratory system, particularly when dust and mold spores are inhaled. Uh, a lot of horses, especially in the summertime here in Florida when it gets quite humid, uh, have this irritation. Uh, maybe your horse is even stalled up in the wintertime and might experience the heaves. Um, uh, sometimes it might be wet bedding or dusty hay. Um, but once they start to struggle, um, you can actually see the contraction of the horse's flank and you can usually hear an audible type of a wheezing sound, a lot like a person having an asthma attack. Jessica, can you tell us a little bit about some of the holistic options that are available to help horses with this condition? Um, there's a lot of options out there, but uh, the main thing is prevention, I think, Louisa. And that is once a horse starts getting this, you can see that they're having trouble expelling their breath. And you see it more in the rib cage, really, than in the flank. Mm -hmm. But prevention would be like being able to turn your horses out more, keeping their stalls cleaner, um, you know, in the summer so that there's no ammonia from the urine. Mm -hmm. Also, like you said, the dust from the sawdust. Um, maybe feeding the horse at chest height instead of off the ground so mm. they're not breathing in more mold or dust, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. That makes but the sense. One mm -hmm. What's that? That makes sense. Yeah, but the one product that I really, um, in fact, Vincent and I were just sitting here talking about it, um, is a formula by Immune Biome, whom I'm involved with, and it's called Breathe. And what it has in it, it has mushrooms that are anti-inflammatory and can help with the respiration. It also has colostrum and some other things because sometimes the heaves is also caused, it can be caused by either a virus or bacteria that's in the lungs as well, which mm -hmm. you know, causes the mucus and then makes it harder and harder for them to be breathing. Mm -hmm. But you know, some people need to consider feeding maybe more moistened pellets sometimes instead of hay. Mm -hmm. it, depends, it depends on the time of year. Mm -hmm. um, like out here, we don't see a whole lot of heaves, but we don't have the humidity like you guys have either. That's correct. And I do know some people who do wet their hay down as well, and they find that that helps a lot um, if the yeah. horse is having any respiratory trouble because wetting the hay um, repels a lot of the dust and, uh, and helps, you know, especially with older horses yes. as well. It makes mm -hmm. it a little easier um, mm -hmm. for them to digest as well. 
And again, it's and you know, nutritionally, you can support them with you know higher doses of vitamin C and vitamin E. I mean, vitamin E can be anti-inflammatory as well, and it just helps to keep you know the horses going and moving. Um, but those are the things that um, are really important, and it's it's all you know with horses. A lot of times, it's all about prevention. That's you true, know, what actually. Can I do yes. to make things better and and not created or bring it on you're right and actually one of the things um that i think uh, you know happens with the heaves is that the longer that they have it the more damage i think occurs you... within the lungs which then of course exactly. makes them heave more so like you said really preventing it before it even becomes that bad is so important then you add the summer heat that we're having now on top of that and it can get quite a bit worse so you don't believe yeah. that there's any genetic component to it you know, there can be, but it, it typically is environmentally induced more than anything. From and, you know, I, I have to look at the hay and how hay is treated these days. And it's my favorite soapbox issue. Um, and that what they're doing with most of the hays when they're growing it is they're sprayed with Roundup. And then when they cut the hay, it's sprayed with drying agents. And then you have all these chemicals. And when they're eating the hay, they're inhaling it, too. You know, they're smelling it. It's going up their nose. It's getting into their lungs. And I mean, I love to detox horses a couple times a year just to help prevent some of this. What do you detox them with? Um, I detox them with milk thistle and um, dandelion. That's what you're you know, dandelion yeah. leaf. Milk thistle mm -hmm. and dandelion. They're the, they're wonderful. Both of them yeah. are wonderful for detox. What does it What does it actually do? What happens is um, usually I start the horse with dandelion leaf first because that will start to detox the kidneys, which then starts to detox the liver. And then the milk thistle has been centuries old for detoxing the liver. It helps to clear it. And you'll see it coming out in the urine and the manure when you're doing this. You do it for a couple wow. weeks at a time. Really? So, is it, is it pelleted or is it, what do you, how is it? Yes, powder, it's powdered. You get powder? it from uh, an herbalist. Okay. Um, I've got several herb companies I've worked with for over 20 years. and. So I have my clients go ahead and order from them, and you just do a couple tablespoons per day. So and, is it uh, is it the same stuff that humans can take, or is it just absolutely? So yeah. it's human. It's human um, homeopathic, just a no, bigger it's, dose. No, it's herbs. It's not homeopathic. Okay. Herbs. Straight herbs. herbs. Homeopathy herbs. is different. I'm a homeopath. Okay. But so we, what, we do this with herbs. Yeah. What, what is in the mushrooms that um, helps the the horse's respiratory system? Um, I don't remember the exact mushrooms that are in there. I think there's cordyceps and there's, I want to say it's turkey tail. But in all mm. the elements of the mushroom, some of the other products don't have the full mushroom in it. And these products have the fruit and everything too at the fiber, the whole mushroom, they're all organic. Uh, and all the studies that have been done scientifically, the blend that they put together is anti-inflammatory. And we've That's got a lot of the racehorses in Alcala on that product. And they're doing really well and they don't have the heaps. I was actually going to ask you about that, the anti-inflammatory <laughs> properties. And I was also going to ask you about like, um, you know, for bleeders and things, if that would yeah. be something that would help inflammation, you know, for bleeders, for horses yeah. that need yeah. to be on Lasix a lot, if that would assist. Well, at least with... even aftercare to bring a horse back. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I mean, I got, as you know, one of my clients, longtime family clients, um, just one-fourth in eventing in the world and her horse went because of the mushroom products and it wasn't the breathe one it was one for um, helping with his tendons and his stamina so we're really proud of Frankie but she's fourth in the world that's mm. wonderful I know I shared that I shared <laughs> mm -hmm. that post on social mm -hmm. media I think that mm -hmm. was absolutely wonderful 
uh, yeah. and, and congratulations that's thoroughly exciting so if you have a horse that appears to have the heaves obviously the first thing to do is to get your veterinarian out and to get yep. a proper diagnosis to make sure that's what you're dealing with and um, take the advice of your veterinarian obviously um, we don't diagnose yourself at home even if you think that your horse does appear to have the heaves it's always important to get a proper diagnosis so just to mention that um, but it's very interesting to hear uh, about the things that are very effective that are very very natural and very good for your horse and can help to support your horse's immune system like vitamin c and uh, and, and the products that we've been talking vitamin, vitamin c yeah, i know you love to laugh at that one vitamin, vitamin c uh, vitamin vitamin. E. one last uh quick question for you before we wrap up this segment um what about the omegas and the fish oils um for respiratory you know what have you ever seen a horse eat a fish no not lately. No. And, and it's the <laughs> same sunny, thing when, when people call me up about coconut. When's the last time you saw a horse climb a coconut tree? Well, mine doesn't eat mushrooms either, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. At least not exactly. deliberately. No, they will, they will and they won't eat milk the thistle. Wild. They will eat mushrooms. Really? But the thing is, I do believe in the omegas, but you have to get it from other sources, not from fish. Okay. What sources? Um, you can get it from flax, from chia, those kind of things. Oh, okay, ah, yeah, so you can get the omegas, but not not from a fish source. They should no. come from flaxseed. Okay, because chia. Yeah, because the ALA they contain ALA, which can be converted yes. to DHA and EPA, which is actually the omegas, and then they they yes. can actually work on inflammation mm -hmm. and things like that. Right. Which obviously, if you're healing, right. you have inflammation yes. in the respiratory. So very interesting and one thing yeah. just to mention before we close and that is beware of the fact that be aware of the fact that we are in florida summer if you have a horse um, that does have the heaves and a doctor has diagnosed that it is very important to be careful about how much exercise you're doing some horses become completely exercise intolerant during a really hot part of the year mm -hmm. and if they're heaving you can put them into respiratory distress so very important of course to reach out to your veterinarian well, sometimes non-sweaters will look like they're heavy too will, so sun, will and like over 90 degrees yes. they do yeah. shut down so. yes and that is a whole other topic yep. so. <laughs> <laughs> another topic and can have a lot to do with nutrition as well That's so we yeah. can talk about that yeah. another time that would be great long. yes Jessica Lynn um, from Earth Song Ranch, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this very and, special segment. Oh, by the segment. way, yes. uh, give me a call when you can, Louisa. Okay, thank you for being with us. Jessica Lynn from Earth Song Ranch. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. Earth Song Ranch is not just for horses. We're here for your kitty kids and puppy pals too, and for their humans. We carry a line of dehydrated whole foods for dogs and cats and our own line of probiotics and digestive enzymes for them as well. We carry longevity minerals and supplements for humans. We walk our talk and we're all about a more natural approach to health for animals and humans. Visit us at earthsongranch.com or on Facebook, come and like us. Attention, North Central Florida. Palm Chevrolet, the area's number one volume Chevy dealer, is pre-qualifying customers for new cars without using a social security number. That's right. We don't need your social to get you qualified for a new car. Simply log on to palmchevrolet.com, enter your name and address, and instantly get your credit score, interest rate, even your payment on any new Chevy in stock. This will not affect your credit score. Log on to palmchevrolet.com and get pre-qualified now. Or visit Palm Chevrolet, Southwest College Road in Ocala. Find new roads.